Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number eight of the Wired Nerdy Podcast. I am Keith. I'm here with Doug, my good hey, friend. Hey. Man, that was a good episode last time. I enjoyed having Frank. How about you? Yeah, it was great. Uh, got to learn a lot about slap fighting. Got to see the inside perspective, not just kind of what we see on TV. There's a lot more to it than I uh, ever knew about. Oh, dude, I learned tons. I didn't know there was so much to it. If you haven't checked it out, we encourage you to go check out our last uh, podcast episode that we had because it's our first ever interview that we had on the Wired Nerdy uh, podcast here. And it was uh, with celebrity uh, champion Frank the Tank. Uh, so it was it was awesome. So we're going to be back to this typical kind of normal scheduling uh, for this format of this episode. But we got some really exciting things to talk about, uh, in, including also another first for this time. Even though we're following the format, uh, we kind of have another first, which is uh, Doug and I went to our first event that we're going to talk about. But first up, Wired News. Uh, we kind of missed out on it last week, uh, so we got a little bit of catching up to do. I'm going to let you go first, Doug. What is the first thing that we have for Wired News that, that hit this week? Uh, the first thing I saw, and I've been seeing a little bit more of it, not too much, is it's called a Flipper Zero. And I'm kind of looking over here. Um, it looks to me, I'll describe it like a little, um, like Tamagotchis back in the day or a oh, little... Yeah. Uh, Kind of My a wife loves game. Tamagotchis, actually. Oh, sweet. <laughs> she still that plays with them now. might be another episode. <laughs> it might be. So go on. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. No, <laughs> so you're good. They're small. They're like they are little... small. It's okay. got a little directional pad, a couple buttons, a <clears throat> uh, micro SD card slot. So what kind of worries me coming from law enforcement is that it looks like it's a uh, sort of an antenna device. It sends out signals, uh, garage doors, restaurant pagers. You can even... Oh. open some uh, gates and mess with the old proxy card. So people don't know proxy cards are this little card you hold and it unlocks the door. Mm. So that to me, kind of scary. Uh, hopefully nobody uses it for uh, bad purposes, but it's got a so very this... like cyberpunk esque theme to it. Do you know how much it uh, like cost? Uh, yeah. I don't think it's very much at all. Let me uh, pull up on Amazon. I think it's so... 20, 30 bucks. Oh my gosh. That's so cheap. So while you're pulling that up, so these things come out every now and then uh, there was oh. a whole round of series of devices, very similar to this, but they were for controlling televisions. And a lot of people would use them for pranks. Like you go into a restaurant and it would roll through uh, the different brands of televisions, kind of like a universal remote, but it could do it under the table. So you could change the channel. If you went to oh, a man. sports bar that had like 50 TVs, you could basically hijack all the TVs and just mess with people. It was kind of a prank thing. But this one sounds like it rolls through the frequency codes for garage door openers, gates for gated communities, all that kind of stuff. Wow. How much does it cost, yeah. man? Uh, a little more than I thought. So 226 on Amazon right now. So Still, though, for 200 bucks, you can just gain access. So oh, yeah. Make sure you lock your inside doors in your garages, people. My goodness. And I'm sure the possibilities are endless. It's a pretty new invention. I believe. Um, so be careful. Wow, man. That's that's actually, we'll consider this our PSA, our public service announcement. Yes. For it. It's a cool piece of deck, but man, in Have the wrong some hands. old school deadbolts and old school technology. Well, and it's funny because you originally had mentioned this to me, and there had been an issue 
with Hyundai, the car company in uh, which, you know, the other company I think was Nissan, where they've there's been a series of carjackings with Hyundai's. And that was because there was a, a weakness or a bug uh, within their actual starters that especially for those that had remote start, if you had the right type of device and you did it the right way, you could hijack a car in like no time at all. And yeah. it was like taken a lot of cars off the street. And so I think they had to release a patch and there's even like some recalls for certain car models, but that's what this kind of reminds me of is a device oh. that actually could help with crime. So that's not good. Okay. So maybe something a little more positive than breaking into people's homes for our Absolutely, next yeah. one. <laughs> it's still good though, man. It's a great PSA. Uh, so there was an announcement this week, Atari. That's right. The Atari they've been hanging on for a long time. Uh, as a game company, they tried to do a relaunch of a console uh, about a year and a half was around the COVID time. It didn't do well. Um, you know, they're mainly a publisher of games where um, they'll actually pick up, you know, small titles and publish them here and there, maybe for mobile. But they, they've been hanging on there. However, they are buying a company called Night Dive Studios. And let me tell you what. Night Dive Studios has made a very interesting name for themselves. They take older titles of video games from the 80s and mostly 90s, it seems like, and they refresh them and make sure that they can run on modern computer hardware. And they give them a facelift, essentially, you give them better graphics, um, you know, better just sound, all kinds of stuff. We recently were talking about System Shock being totally redone. Night Dive Studios is doing that. We talked about that. I mean, there's Doom 64 for the Nintendo 64. Uh, there was a, uh, a Doom clone that was called Blood that they redid. Turok Dinosaur Hunter was also on Nintendo 64. And then some classic DOS games. Like there was a game called uh, Seventh Guest. And it's a full motion video puzzle game. Blade Runner, which is a, uh, I believe it's an adventure game, a point and click adventure game. Uh, Doug, I know you looked into some of these. Have you played any of these games or do any of them ring a bell for you? And would you pick up any of them at all? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm looking at the list and it's, I uh, didn't know about the company. I knew about the games, but they just have so many great titles. Uh, the ones that stand out immediately to me are Quake. I love that game. And then the uh, most people may know, but uh, Nine Inch Nails did the uh, music for Quake. And it just made it that much better, kind of going through, shooting all these monsters, and then just a solid rock album playing oh, yeah. in the background. And it was really cool. Uh, Fun fact, when you bought that game, uh, it came, like, it actually had tracks with the soundtrack on it. Yeah. Uh, yep. got, like you said, done with Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails, and it, it really is a solid it, soundtrack. It yeah. was really good. Yep. And then Turok, like I said, uh, N64, uh, that was a great game. Um dinosaurs are scary they jump out everywhere so they're kind of pixelated now although yeah. i need to check out the these new redone ones because um i didn't know they had so many i knew they had made a name for themselves uh redoing older games which is kind of a niche market and they've really been selling well what do you think about atari buying them does that make sense at all yeah i think atari um they're still doing some good stuff uh they came out in the 70s i think as a company they do. Um, lots of great titles. Uh, I think this is just going to help them kind of get back into the uh, media and uh, get their name back out there and people's heads. Yeah. Well, what's fascinating is Atari owns so many trademarks of old titles. So mm -hmm. imagine, I'm pretty sure Night Dive Studios would probably have to go out to each one of these 
uh, publishers and get permissions in order to redo this. Well, now they're going to have a built-in backlog catalog that they already have permissions for. So I'm excited about if they keep letting Night Dive do what they do. Uh, it's going to be pretty awesome. I mean, they're, yeah, they're going to have some really, really cool titles. So, all right, brother, what's the next one on the on the nerd list, man, for the news this week? All right, yeah, the one you showed me uh, is uh, Unreal Engine Five, right? Yes, Unreal Engine Five. So. Unreal Engine 5 is a big deal. Well, I'm sure we've talked about it before, uh, but you know, when it comes to the tech that's coming out, Unreal has always been kind of top tier, but the graphics that Unreal Engine 5 can achieve is uber impressive. Games are just now starting to come out for it. We're right on that edge. A lot of them are being developed, uh, but there was a tech demo that was released this past week. And there is a game called Hellblade. It's been out for a while, very impressive graphics, but they're doing it now in uh, Hellblade. And I'll make sure that I have the video posted as we talk about this. It was simply just a talking head like this. But what was different about it was that it was captured by an actor. Now, typically when an actor does game stuff, they do motion capture, what they call mocap. They put dots all over their face. You may have seen this before. Mm -hmm. And they capture their facial expressions and they, so it can know how they move and smile and their eyes and all of the expressions that come with acting. And then they have to put that through a render. It's a whole process. They've done it for film for many, many years. With this Unreal Engine 5 plugin, no joke, the, the video that will show up was filmed by the actress on her iPhone. With oh, no man. dots on her face, no mocap, uh, sensor balls, nothing like that. It simply took the footage real time using artificial intelligence, and it applied it over the, the dirt on her face of the character and all of the texturing and put her in that world real time as she was recording it on her iPhone. Now, this opens That's up crazy. a couple of different things. Not only does it look crazy good and real. Uh, but it's, it's also a situation where you can mocap anywhere. Now you don't have to have the fancy studio. You don't have to have the, the suit anymore. You could mocap off of a phone, off of a, you know, a tablet off of your computer and then inject it into your games. So not only is it beautiful and very impressive as a tech demo, but this is a leap forward when it comes to capturing things. And this could transcend into film. So Doug, you saw the video. I sent it to you. I was kind of blown away. What was your first initial thoughts? I haven't played the games. Oh. But it makes me yeah. want to check them out. I'll tell you that. It looks amazing. And it uh, looks like the possibilities are endless for future game studios and developers and stuff. Now, you bring up the iPhone. I'm really excited for that because now we can get some premium content from some of the lesser known studios that may not have the money to do all the motion capture and stuff. Dude, that's so awesome. So for boy. them to put out some quality, and not that they're not putting out quality stuff, but... For yeah. them to have uh, the same level of technology as these uh, big, big studios, it's awesome. So it'll be good to see what they bring out. Dude, that's an excellent point because it is expensive to invest in the hardware uh, to be able to do that. That's an awesome point. And it does level the playing field because yeah. they've had the same thing. Apple had a big deal with, you know, they have so many cameras now on, you know, doing all of their stuff on the end where they were mm -hmm. pushing, I think it was a year ago, where you could actually film a feature film on your iphone and the yeah. camera quality on you know the google pixel and all these phones are so good that you could actually there's some wedding photographers that are like you know what i don't need a dslr just i'm just going to use yeah. my phone yeah. yeah so this is that kind of technology and it does level the playing field so that that's an awesome point so that is yeah 
yeah it's but i'll make sure i put put the video in there you guys can check it out if you want if you haven't seen it yet it really kind of caught a lot of people by surprise but it's it's pretty awesome we'll talk more on unreal engine 5 as it develops and some cool stuff that comes along with that but this is just kind of a taste of that so what's yep. the next thing on our list my friend all right uh we uh seem like we keep going back to it but <laughs> chat gpt and uh, bard uh these ai bots are just getting more and more updates and more developments they just released bard I don't know that it's at the same level as ChatGPT, but I've been seeing some reviews and it's doing pretty good. Yeah. Now, Bard is Google's version of their chat AI language model uh, to compete with OpenAI's ChatGPT. Now, ChatGPT is the one we keep talking about. It's making all the news and the headlines. Uh, Google um, has their own that they developed. My Microsoft decided just to invest into ChatGPT. It's now integrated into Bing. I've played with it a little bit. Um, it's pretty impressive. And their ideas that they want to um, really integrate it with their search engine. Bing has always been kind of a... Uh, forgive the language about a bastard eyes <laughs> version. Uh, it's not right, been a yeah. great search engine. It didn't have the same algorithm search capabilities that Google had. And Microsoft struggled for years, but now integrating chat GPT into it, a lot of people are anticipating this could be what puts Microsoft ahead of Google in the search engine game. Yep. So everybody was really excited about Bard. And then they released and people have been playing with it and they're kind of disappointed. It's yep. not performing. Um, nearly as well as chat GPT. I saw examples of somebody put in there, don't worry, your jobs are safe. And it asked it a simple question. It was like, um, if I am driving 80 miles an hour, uh, and you know, and I drive for eight hours, how far will I get? And then the response was that, you know, you will go at least two miles. You know, it was oh, like really yeah, dumb stuff. And he would ask math well, that's about questions. My speed. Yeah. <laughs> it's your, it's your AI. It's the that's my AI. math speed. Yeah, <laughs> but it was struggling with even basic things that um, ChatGPT was just crushing. And so that, I'm sure they are taking all the data that they're collecting the people putting in and the improper response. And I'm sure it will get better. Um, so competition is a good thing, but it did not yeah. perform as well as ChatGPT. But I'm sure give it time and you know, then it'll be good, but we'll see. I don't know if you played with, did you play with Bard at all? I know you had sent me a link. Um, I've seen some of the stuff on YouTube of them messing with it. Uh, the one thing that might help them, and this is just me looking from the outside is, uh, Google's uh, CEO Sundar Pichai, mm -hmm. and yep. I probably yep. said that wrong. No, that's, that's uh, has already said, "Look, we're still in development. It's probably not going to be as good as Chat GPT, but we're working on it." That's so good. him like uh, stepping out in front and saying, "I know it's not the better than Chat GPT, but we're working there." So that's promising. Google's got deep pockets, man. If they want to do it, if they want to play yeah. catch up. They'll play catch up. That all they got to do is lean in. And to be fair to Microsoft, they do what they do best. Microsoft has always been on their game by finding mm -hmm. who's doing something well and investing in it or acquisition, just buying it all together. So they've always done that. That's, that's why they're such a big machine. They, they don't make their own stuff. They buy and they buy the best. So yeah. it's a good business model works for them, you know, yeah, but uh, it's hard to keep up with that. But all right, next one on the list. Uh, this is an interesting feature that if you didn't know is coming, you know, we had a conversation not too long ago about Android versus Apple and where do you sit and that sort of thing. Uh, mm. Well, one of the things that has always been a huge advantage on the Apple ecosystem is that if you had an Apple iPhone or an iPad uh, and you also had their computers, iMessage, which is their texting app, was able to allow you to cross-platform. You could text on your iPhone. So Doug texts me and I'm on my, my Mac. 
I get it. Yep. If I'm on my phone, I get it. And it has parity. Uh, you could only do that with Android and Windows for many, many years, starting with Windows 10. Yep. And so now that's changed. Microsoft, uh, in it's in beta preview right now. It will probably come out this summer around June timeframe, uh, is going to release an, uh, an add-in into Windows 11 that allows you to use your iPhone in chat. Now, it's not good. as full. It is. It's really cool. It's not as full-featured as um, what you'll get on a Mac. And, you know, on the Mac, you can, like, do full-on emojis. You can edit your text messages. You can send all kinds of stuff. It's very basic. But that's okay. So you can at least receive text messages and send text messages uh, with your iPhone, like iMessage, but it'll be integrated into Windows. So you can get all your text messages on Windows, which is really kind of nice because when you're you know, working, if you're at a desk job, especially, and you're getting messages all day through email, Slack, Teams, Zoom, all this stuff, you, it's nice that if somebody texts you on your cell phone, it pops up on your screen and you're not having to fumble multiple devices. So yeah. kudos to Microsoft for doing this. I'm fine with it being pared down. All you need is just to be able to respond to your kid if you're in the middle of a meeting or something. I love it. I think it's cool. You know, it's awesome. It'll be interesting to see how companies adopt it. A lot of companies did not like the Android integration into Windows. They viewed it as um, a security threat because like, well, if, you know, you're getting messages, how do, you know, you know, you're going to be injecting, you know, things. Or it's, it's an opportunity for phishing and all that, those kinds mm -hmm. of things. Uh, but I, I think it's a good thing. I think it's great that they're doing it. And I know, Doug, you probably don't care because you don't have uh, – an iPhone, you've been able to text on your Android and your Windows this whole time now since Windows 10. So, yeah, it is really cool. And I think it's going to help those that are kind of locked to a desk all day. Mm -hmm. uh, you can still kind of have not a personal life, but have communications with your teams outside of email and uh, video conferencing. Yeah. And uh, it's so much faster, as we all know, to type on a large keyboard than on those little screens. That's my favorite and the, thing. TT nine days back in the day. People don't even know about that. Yeah. Or TTY. Yeah. The yeah. TTY. Yeah. Talk to you later. Yeah. yeah. So no, but I yeah, mean, I, uh, it, it, that's a great point. I, my favorite yeah. thing about being able to text is having a full size keyboard. I hadn't even thought about mm -hmm. that. So that's why I like it so much. I think. Yeah. I've used uh, the Android a lot. Uh, go to the Google messages.com, whatever. Yeah. And uh, I've used that uh, drop it over. And while I'm doing my work at the computer, it works great. Dude, it's awesome. I, I applied, applaud Microsoft for doing this. I think it's a great move. They didn't have yep. to do it. Love it. I love it. And it's rare that oftentimes, you know, they're doing inclusive That they're things. working together. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's awesome. I, I think it's a good thing. So, yeah. all right, brother, what's the next thing on our list? What do we have here? All right. Uh, look at that movies coming up. Um, now, I haven't seen any trailers or anything, but I saw that Lady Gaga is going to play Harley Quinn, which yep. that's interesting. I mean, yeah, uh, she's uh, kind of different lady already, but you need context, though. So uh, let's be clear about this. There was a film called The Joker that starred Joaquin yeah. Phoenix. It was very good. It was more of an art piece. Uh, it was an originally intended by the studios to just be a one off, it, like, you know, one type of interpretation of Joker that's like rooted in the real. And it was very good. It was not meant like to be it. a franchise. It, and it was good. Uh, and even the actor was like, I'm just doing one and done. However, it was so well received. People liked it so much that um, they're doing a sequel. Uh, whether they should, don't know. Uh, so this isn't like your typical comic book, full on Batman kind of a thing, like where it's going to be comic booky movie. It's more artistic. Well, they're bringing in um, 
Harley Quinn and they're bringing in Lady Gaga for that. I'll make sure we have the images up. I don't know. She is very talented. I will say that she's very talented on a lot of things. And I've seen her act in things and she's, she's good, mm-hmm. but I'm yeah. just kind of like, uh, I heard rumors. Don't know if it's true. And maybe it's only because of who it is that they may have some song and dance numbers in it. And I will tell oh, you, Doug, that's... the last time in a comic book movie, there was a song and dance number. I almost walked out and that was Spider-Man three with Tobey Maguire. And yeah. he started when he became venom. He's like, snapping his fingers and he's like showing how bad he is and i don't know that's not the right place we don't want to see that we're here for action <laughs> and we're here for superhero villainry and look man i i'm not prideful i know comic book movies are not like the top tier of entertainment storytelling however i know what they are and yeah. they're meant to be ridiculous but you're really pushing that ridiculousness over the edge when you introduce it into a musical and I oh. just, I don't know, man, it doesn't resonate with me, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's just a rumor. Maybe she'll rock it. Maybe it'll be amazing, but uh, we'll see about that. So oh, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man, we have one more on our list and it's a cool kind of a share. It's, we, we threw it into our news because it is news and that is go ahead, Doug Diablo four. That's right. By blizzard, blizzard yes. Activision, which Microsoft ironically is trying to buy right now. <laughs> I have never played uh, the Diablo series. I know you had mentioned it. You said it's a lot of fun. Uh, yep. It's kind of an open world concept running around uh, with some buddies. And uh, I've had a blast so far. So the beta released this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, open beta. The, yep. I had to wait on the download because I guess so many people are downloading it. It bogged down the servers. So it took me a while for a normal download. But I finally got in, completed that first mission and just the... Uh, cutscene movies and the graphics and just the mechanics of moving your character around and stuff. I like it so far. So I'm new to the world of Diablo, but it's going great so far. Yep. It's a great game series. So it started in the DOS days. A uh, little history lesson here, since I'm the old man of the conversation. Yeah. Uh, so- <laughs> It started in the DOS days. Uh, what was really unique about Diablo was not only did it have really good story content, but it had cinematics uh, that were movie quality, and they're still top-notch today. Even back then, they were great. Uh, what was cool about it was it's very role-playing game, but it's very easy to get into because all you got to do is run around the map, do a lot of clicking, and just you know killing things, kill anything that moves, like demons and stuff. You're trying to stop you know hell from taking over the world, that typical kind of a thing. Um, but what was awesome about it back in the day was it was a dungeon crawl. And every time you would go into these dungeons, uh, the game would randomize the dungeons. Oh. And so you never played the same game twice. Like even with your friends cool. later on when they had Diablo 2 uh, and even 3 uh, as in the widely popular games. What was really awesome when they introduced multiplayer into it, the first one didn't have multiplayer uh, that I remember. Uh, but whenever they introduced that in there, it was really cool because you could play with your friends and it never was the same game because the dungeons always uh, changed. Now, I don't know if that's going to have the same feel for four. I'm pretty sure it will. Right now, it's pretty static because I think they're just trying to collect data with the open beta. It will release in May. It's looking really good right now. Some of the character models to me, because I played the old ones, they don't look quite as good as three. But it's not polished yet. The game's not done. I get it. Otherwise, the map and the, the graphics, as far as the actual layout of it, it looks looks really good. I just like the character models to be tweaked a little bit to be more closer mm-hmm. to three. Uh, but it's a great game, man. So if you are into gaming and you haven't messed with it, go check it out. There are cues. Definitely. Yeah, you, you got to wait. 
like Doug said, uh, you got to play through that first part and then you can play with friends. Doug and I have been playing with two other friends of ours. We have a, a team of four clan that we put together, which is kind of fun. Uh, so it'll probably be one that we'll pick up in May. At least I plan to. I don't know which one I'm going to get. It has crossplay though, right? Yes. Very exciting. We, yeah. So you were playing on your PC, right? When we played yep. the other night. And yeah. I uh, had good communication in game chat with you guys. Uh, I believe you're PS5. Uh, yeah. All three of you guys. Yeah. We were all PS5 and we never knew how this would work. Typically when Doug and I play games, it's on, I match his system. I'm on a PC, yeah. he's on a PC and we'll use something like discord or in game chat. First time I be honest with you, I've not done a lot of multi cross play, but first time I done it and it took us a little bit to figure out uh, once us PS5 people got out of the PS5 chat. And then I created a clan, added Doug, added, you know, Joe and Aaron, you know, we're able to then talk in game. So yeah, it worked great. Yeah. Especially being in beta. So very smooth, very smooth. Yeah. So I'm excited about that game. So very nice. All right. You ready to talk about our big topic today? Yeah. Can't talk. (laughs) No, man, I get it. Let's dive into it. So we have been teasing it for some time now. And uh, it was our uh, first event that we're going to cover together as a team. There's going to be a lot of photos that we're going to put up, but we went to a Comic-Con. Now, for those of you that may not know, uh, Comic-Cons are very popular. The Super Bowl of Comic-Cons is in San Diego. That's the big one. Uh, Someday, I would love to go, right? It's on the bucket list. Doug and I have talked about that before. Someday I'll get there. Uh, But um, there have been regional Comic-Cons in each one of the the states. We went to the Kansas City Comic-Con. What's cool about that is it's broken up into, you know, just different parts. You have artists, you have creators, you have celebrities that come so you you can meet them. Uh, and then there's also a lot of things like crafts for sale that people make uh, that are very artistic um, and just overall cosplayers, people that love to dress up. It is a big event. Doug, this was your first time ever going to one. So I want to know, what were your thoughts walking into that hall, seeing all the people, seeing all the cosplay, wall to wall people. COVID is definitely down and this was the Yes. Biggest rebound I've seen yeah. in people. And this is probably, I think this is my eighth year attending. This is your first. What do you think? Yep. Uh, I mean, I thought it was great. Uh, we have a lot to talk about uh, in just a couple of minutes. But uh, it started from, I mean, the parking garage, literally. Uh, in the parking garage, you get out, you see these people in costumes. There's a lot of uh, movies, comics, games, other things that I recognize. But then there's some stuff I'm like, hey, what's this? Keith, what's that? What's that? Oh, yeah. And I don't know. And, uh, I mean, I just uh, like people watching. Should be a national sport. But I was people watching all day. It was great. Oh, so, yeah. Well, it's a three-day event. We went to one day, to be clear. And Doug's right. You go there. You could just spend your time looking at the people and mm-hmm. and it's funny costumes range from just being epically awesome like how in the world did they create that it's like movie quality all the way down to somebody you could tell they just threw it together and like running out the door yeah. uh yeah. but you know more power to them for uh, trying it <laughs> but uh a lot of characters like some of the most obscure movie references that you haven't oh, yeah. heard of in years people will dress up as and it's it's impressive now when you first walk into the hall um, I think the first section we went to, they have clubs and they also have, and most of them are cosplay clubs or people that sell cosplay things and they have their wares uh, out front that, you know, there was a, it was a Doug, it was a Ghostbusters group. If I remember, it was the very mm-hmm. first one we walked in. Yeah. That's the first one that we really stopped at and checked out. And I mean, they looked fantastic to me. I mean, they're uh, 
proton packs uh oh, yeah. so detailed all the the wires and the switches and the lights uh i mean i, I stood there and just kind of looked it over for a good two to three minutes it was crazy it, it had to be heavy like and you can tell yeah. they made oh. it with like metal and working lights and these are hobbyists and if you stop and talk to any one of them not only is it about joining the club people that love ghostbusters mm -hmm. but it's also like getting to how do you make a proton pack how do you make the trap? They had the trap with the wheels and I'll make sure yes. I have all the photos on here. And they had made up Slimers. There's a picture of me sitting next to Gozer, you know, from the first one, Gozer the Destroyer and the, the, what, the dog, <laughs> the yeah. demon dog. That's what it was. Uh, dude, it was, it's awesome. So there's all kinds of groups like that. And if I remember correctly, as we then kind of ventured around there, we ran into a club. They make droids, Star Wars droids, um, Battlestar Galactica stuff. Any type of a droid that's in a movie, Wally, -E, uh, they yeah. created in the real life. And the best part is they move. Like there was a dude, remember he had his like arms in like that R2D2 and he's like tearing it apart and putting gears in it and they work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there was a guy uh, walking around with an R2D2 as well. He had a little right. uh, remote control. Yeah. And he was going around the whole con. I saw him multiple times throughout the day and it was working great. It was making the noises. Uh, it was awesome. People are impressive. That, I mean, that's yes. just my biggest thing. Like what people can do uh, with the things that they make in their hands is just impressive. Um, they also had the uh, like they're not full size. They can do full size, but they had vehicles. Like there was a a Tie Fighter, if I remember yes. correctly, and it um, looked uh, almost a scale too. I mean, it was a little small, but yeah, yeah, um, they couldn't get a full size one in there. Well, yeah. right, yeah, <laughs> but they but, had. I mean, the, it was huge still. They did. They had Snow Speeder. They had an A Wing. Um, some really really cool stuff. Um, yeah. there was a guy dressed as a Wookiee, you know, and he had, he had to have stilts on cause he was really tall. Was. Uh, I think I'll throw a picture of him uh, in there as well. Uh, what are the other things that as we pivoted from a lot of the cosplay, unless there are any other cosplay on that end that you wanted to draw, we have some good pictures. I remember yeah. distinctly the eye. Well, how do you say it? Uh, the eye of Sauron. The eye of Sauron, Sauron walking mm -hmm. around. So I actually got her <laughs> to stop for a photo. Um, she did it really well, you know. That's kind of oh, just genius. this big fire blazing eye on top of a tower. Yeah. And this is Lord of the Rings for those who uh, don't know what we're talking about. Yep. Um, but she did a really good job, and I've got a good picture we can throw up on there. Yeah, she did great. It's like she took hula hoops and connected them and then had the eye. It was a really was inventive really cool. way of doing a very tough costume, but you knew what she was immediately. Yeah. Uh, so that, that was awesome. It's kind of just flipping through the photos here. Oh, man. Some the other of one the... was uh, Emperor Palpatine, and he oh, had the whole yep. Death yep. Star behind him. Yep. And it was they, really cool. People are going up posing with the guy. Uh, yeah. And another good one was, you know, I think that uh, they had like a uh, an armor. Oh, what was that from, Doug? It was, uh, what game was it that you played? The blue armor with, it's a fighting oh, game. Oh, uh, Soul Calibur. Yeah. Thank you. You were the one that recognized that. And I was looking I at thought, the Majora's Mask. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah. And I didn't recognize that it was from Soul Calibur. And I, again, yeah. there's, you are inundated with so many cultural references that sometimes you're oh, struggling. Great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They had an alien face hugger that somebody had made. Uh, <laughs> and and I just, think the tail was moving on that. It was. And they said they yeah. used uh, home. They just used like home products that to make yeah. it, you know, it's, it's nuts. They had a full size Groot um, that uh, somebody had made. I mean, it was just really impressive what people can do with foam oh, uh, yes. and carving foam. And they make it look like real, battle armor and weapons it's just uber uber impressive 
Well, and they had some uh, panels uh, of how to, so lots of panels, which we can talk about later, but uh, how to make with the foam. I'll bring yeah. that up real quick. They had a couple uh, how to make costumes for wheelchairs. I thought that was really cool. That was awesome. I mean, just in, they're including everybody. So mm -hmm. no one was mean. Everybody was nice. I mean, there had to be thousands and thousands of people. But, I mean, everybody's having a great time, smiling, laughing. It, it was a really good environment, and I enjoyed it a lot. I'm glad you brought that up because that's one thing that I've noticed over the years. The very first time I went is about the culture of people that go to this. You know, there's a lot of jerks in the world. You're going to run into them mm -hmm. everywhere. But I will tell you, going to these comic cons, the nicest, kindest people. It's a kind of a place that when it's jam-packed, even when you bump into somebody, everyone says, excuse me. Everyone yeah. compliments each other. Look how many times that we were walking and somebody's like, oh, God, look at that costume. Like, look, can I take a picture with you? The kindness of these people overflows. Yeah. My theory is because... A lot of this is geek culture. It's why we love this podcast is because yes. all these people have common interests. And I think many of them um, were either sometimes maybe made fun of for it. <laughs> and so yeah. it's a form of escapism that makes people happy. Uh, but I think a lot of these people know what it's like to be an underdog. That's my theory. Maybe that's a mass generalization on my part. But I can tell you, everyone is so kind at these events. Yeah. It's definitely a safe space. I mean, here they know uh, they may have gotten made fun of in school and stuff. And uh, here it's it's okay to be who you are. It's okay to represent this comic or movie or book we've never heard of. Yeah. It's really cool. Bring it yeah. out. Show us. Tell us and no, about it. No one's so. going to make fun of you either. Like, I, granted, I saw some goofy things. Oh, but yeah. even, even though I saw goofy things, I admired that they were trying. You know, yes. that takes courage and i think that's the overall sentiment that when you go that everybody there is just like hey you know what you showed up you tried you're celebrating mm -hmm. something that you really felt that was meant a lot to you and a lot of these people dressing up especially these characters mean something to them um because it speaks to them it's it's what they want to be or what they strive to be or they admire and i don't know man there's something something beautiful about it and so i've never encountered a negative person you know at any of these comic cons at all so i'm glad you brought that up because that's a huge draw for me uh, especially if you're going to be around a crowd of massive people uh, yes. you, it's one less thing to worry about is people being mean because you just don't want to get into a crowd it ain't worth it but this group is worth it because they're always very very nice yep and even uh the kind of i guess shop owners or the uh, booth owners oh yeah. no one was in a bad mood it seemed like everybody mm -hmm. was very welcoming um so it was great yeah it's really nice they want to talk to you about what they're doing and what their wares are and they had everything there from i'm just running through our, our photos here they had everything there mm -hmm. from uh 3d printing uh legos is huge you know some people that even make mini figs you can get a mini fig of yourself uh you know bought or your favorite character whether it's superman or you know that's a, always a big one uh there's people that have made whole towns you know or they complete the full i think there's one image here that we have of the millennium falcon but it's all a, a moss Eisley, which is the uh the the sand city uh, on tatooine if i remember correctly um yeah it was really well done oh yeah it was awesome it was really really good um and then video games they had arcades there yeah. uh mm -hmm. which uh was really kind of cool to see they just let people play them uh yeah. for free and then they do tournaments video game tournaments. Uh, arcade one up i believe was the company that had that booth they were they were and yeah. those are the smaller uh redone versions of them uh, mm -hmm. other booth of uh, that uh we saw was they were original arcades and they were 
uh, maintaining uh, a tournament with the high scores and you get like a yeah. prize and it's pretty cool. So they had activities like that. Um, so it, that guy, um, now I don't remember his name, but uh, he will see us or we will see him, I guess, at the uh, RetroCon coming up in Columbia, Missouri. That's right. That's right. And we'll talk more about that. Uh, Doug, you're the one that recognized him. Like, hey, that's that guy. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was really And uh, he remembered yeah. us from uh, the booth we had. So we'll talk about that in a future podcast. I'm excited about that. Uh, but it's cool to see miles and miles away uh, still kind of the same group of people kind of traveling around doing this yeah. thing. They were based out of Iowa, Des Moines, Iowa, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's really cool to, yeah, to have that connection of something that you have in common and, and, and meet yeah. at a place like that, you know, um, pivoting into like the artwork uh, on the crafts. Holy cow. Lots uh, of stuff. Lot. Dude, there's so much stuff. I'll put some of it up, but a lot of people are freelance artists uh, and they're just, they'll create any character. I don't care if it's a TV show, movie. So if there's something you like, you can find it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's so impressive. Doug, what were some of your favorite things that you saw? Art-wise. Well, I think the first thing we stopped at was uh, this company makes custom lightsabers. Oh, yeah. The and I mean, saber. they were so well done. And uh, they had a rack. I'm looking at the picture, which we can throw up here, yep. uh, like uh, four shelves deep, uh, 10 to 15 uh, lightsabers on each shelf. They were, And the ornate detail, uh, oh, they yeah. were awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And there's one, you got a picture of me holding one. What I loved about the one that I'm holding you can't see it in the photo there, but they had, I guess, dremeled just beautiful grooves into that. Uh, and it was like yeah. a golden color that matched it. They have full sounds, everything. Now they're pricey. They're looking at like two, $300. Oh, yeah. But yeah. very well but, made. But I mean, it looked good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And full then I metal. got a really good shot of uh, all the colors that they offer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that, I'll make sure I throw that up there. Uh, that was a very popular booth. And uh, I just think, and you can. I think you can actually fight with them. You can actually hit with them. They're not just decor. So the thing that I like, and I'm throwing this out here, they Mm -hmm. uh, had Mace Windu's purple lightsaber on there. (laughs) They did. They also had uh, Kylo Ren's, uh, you know, with the cross guard. And the little protectors for his hand, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That was probably one of the more expensive ones, probably because Mm -hmm. it had the lights on the side and the top. But uh, it it was pretty impressive. But they're there just about every year. Uh, you can't order their stuff online, but it's always a, a very impressive display of lightsabers that, that they have. Uh, one of the art pieces that I want to bring up was they do crossovers a lot. And um, what they'll do is they'll take two different characters that were never together before, put them together, and they do like mashups, which is really good. Like I've seen photos of like Superman fighting, you know, you know, like the airbender guy. Uh, yeah. you know, so like this has never happens around the same universe. Uh, one that I really enjoyed was somebody had taken the Contra NES, the, the original Nintendo box game, and they replaced it with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sigourney Weaver and have a predator and an alien behind them. So they mashed up three things. They mashed up Contra, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sigourney yeah. Weaver. So, so yeah. we talked about so much stuff. I'm like, I know what he's talking about. It was a long day. But the artwork was really well done on that. Oh, yeah. It was beautiful. Um, and that goes into pieces? all the artwork. Um, just every booth had kind of their own interpretation and their own play on kind of the passion that they love and the stuff that they love. And it was really good to see each booth and each artist's rendition. And there were some really, really good pieces. 
Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, weapons, fake weapons. That was really cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> apparently she agrees. Honey agrees. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> so they had fake weapons. Uh, they had a scanning machine that you could walk into and create a, uh, what was it? Action your own figure? superhero. I thought oh, or action like your, figure, yeah, yeah. of yourself. Right. Yeah. So your whole family could do it. And I have a picture of one of that. Some people, they had dressed up in like, you know, Jedi gear yeah. and done it. It uh, seemed really cool. It was they had really a lot cool. of 3d printers. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I saw a lot of people getting some 3d printed stuff. Yep. Yep. And they, uh, I think they were promoting how you can, uh, download some of their, uh, items for you could print them at home. So it wasn't yeah. just, you could, mm -hmm. you know, they were helping to educate people on how to do 3d printing as well, which is always really cool. Uh, what was. else do we have here? Uh, um, some of the merch, we can go into that, uh, oh, yeah. t-shirts and, uh, coffee cups. Oh yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to flash up my coffee cups, man, dude. There yeah, are these coffee you got cups. some good ones there. Dude. Yeah. I, I had, I had just a few goals going in there and uh there there's this one booth that has been there for the last three years i discovered them three years ago they hadn't been there consistently i think they skipped one year of the three uh, yeah. but they they essentially just take a just a plain old coffee cup but they etch into it they sandblast uh into the ceramic uh a picture of all kinds of things and I'll put some of them up. You know, I think I, I, I got God of War. I got a, a Ted Lasso one, a John Wick yeah. one, uh, you know, and what's awesome. They're dishwasher safe. They never they fade because good. it's not a, it's not an image. It's not like a, a painted on peel picture. off and stuff. No, no. And I use them every day. So I bought a whole bunch of those and yeah. I was so glad to see them. Uh, I'd also gotten a cup, a Superman cup and then a Cinderella mm -hmm. one for my, my daughter. That's, you know, dipped. You know, uh, it's kind of similar. Hydro to, dipped, I think. Yeah, hydro yeah. dipped. That's it. That's it. Yeah, kind yeah. of similar to the Super Nintendo one that you mm -hmm. had, uh, that you had showed me. Um, and then my wallet. I got to talk about that, man. Yeah. I, I got a, it's a Ridge wallet, but it's got a Superman symbol on it. Doug, <laughs> you struggled. You were looking for I a while. <laughs> What'd you land so on? So there was so, I, I took some cash with me. I thought, uh, there's going to be something here I want. And I think it wasn't that I didn't want anything. I think it's uh, information overload. It's like, Oh, I really like this, but I like this. I like this. So you say the wallet, that's what I ended up with. So I have uh, one of those nice little Ridge wallets. Uh, I didn't like sitting on my wallet. Uh, oh, yeah. Kind of hurt one. me as I'm driving. So I switched to a Ridge wallet years ago. Oh, yeah. But uh, of course, I found a Fallout uh, Power Armor wallet. And I was like, yep, okay. You were about Decision to give made. up. And then he saw yeah. it. Oh, and I was. like, yeah. that's it. That's what I'm getting. So, yeah, yeah. that was a good pick Which, up. I mean. Taking a wallet is not like a t-shirt or art or even coffee cups, but at least I have something like really cool. And they etched uh, that in there. Like they laser engraved it, I think. Yep, so they did. hopefully it doesn't wear off. It looks really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that it stays in there pretty good. Um, and there's a video that I'll clip in here, here in a second where we on our break, you can see the overload in Doug's face. When I asked him, <laughs> he was just, I think he was just oh, overwhelmed yeah. between, uh, all the, all the artwork and everything. Um, you know, in some of the other things, they have events there. They, they had these dudes that were, um, they called it a Jedi Academy and they were, they were actually sword fighting and they were dressed as Jedi. One was good. One was a Sith, but they would bring mm -hmm. kids over and they would teach them how the moves and then they'd get a little certificate afterward. It was really kind of, kind of cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, what else did we have in here? Kind of scroll the images. Uh, yeah. Lots of, uh, artwork like I said we can throw a bunch of those up um 
the other thing, and we didn't spend too much time on it, was Celebrity Row. We kind of yeah. went down there, uh, looked around, lots of people online waiting for a autograph or waiting for a photo. Um, got to see some celebrities like Richard Dreyfus and um, Data. Giancarlo Esposito. I know. I'm yeah, and he's from uh, the Breaking Bad series, if people he don't know is, that. And he's in the Far Cry game, and he's in the Mandalorian. Yes. He is, he's pretty pretty awesome. A lot of Star Trek people. Jonathan Frakes, yep. who is Commander Riker. Uh, Brent Spiner, of course, yep. Data. That you know. was the name I was thinking of, yeah. Yep. Henry Thomas I, from uh, Haunting of Hill House, which is a good show if you haven't checked it out. Uh, and then also, he was he was Elliot in E.T. Yeah. Yeah. Now there was a, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is it an artist or a writer that you uh, yes. really wanted to meet? Yeah. Yeah. I did. Um, there was, I seeked him out. I didn't know if he was going to be there, but I checked Twitter and he actually was. So, first off, on the celebrities, uh, typically, so in the past, I'll see if I can find the picture, put it up. There's very few times that I would do the celebrities only because you're usually waiting in line a very long time. And mm -hmm. I would prefer to walk the show floor and look at all the wares and all the cool stuff. Um, yeah. If somebody's there, I really want to meet. I'll wait in line for them. Now, my daughter, she had gone with me in the past. That was her thing. I mean, she met so many Harry Potter cast people. She And you can get something signed. Uh, you, it does cost uh, most of the time, uh, usually for a photo and uh, a signature or both. Um, but I, I only did it once. I met, uh, um, you know, the guy that played Yondu. Uh, he was also Merle yeah. on Walking Dead. Um, uh, Michael Rooker, if I remember correctly, is his name. He was a really nice guy. He was really cool. And then I met... Um, uh, somebody else from The Walking Dead. Uh, he played Herschel. Uh, now him, I only had gotten a, uh, an autograph, but I, I have one of the original graphic novels of The Walking Dead and got him to sign. Oh, so that's, that's really pretty cool. cool. But for this yeah. year, there wasn't anybody huge that I just absolutely had to go see. I just wanted to enjoy the show floor. But there's one guy named Gary Witta. He is a writer. And I follow him on Twitter. And he wrote Rogue One, the Star Wars movie. And he's got yeah, a novel coming movie. out. Oh, one of the better Star uh, Wars I movies. So, yeah. Uh, it's the one that has the really cool Vader ending where he's just brutally annihilates. I mean, the first time and we actually see, <laughs> yeah. saw Vader. We've seen Vader a lot, but he seems so dark and like so menacing. Scary. They did a great job. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a great, great movie. Uh, but yeah. he's a great writer. And he also was the editor in chief for PC Gamer Magazine, which I loved when I was a kid for both yep. the UK and the US. Well. Yeah, it's 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 a great magazine. But he wasn't charging, and we happened to just find him, and he was sitting there on his phone, and he, nobody was bothering him. Came up, was able to just chat with him. Super nice guy. Uh, he's got a novel coming out called Gun Dog, which is kind of like the Mech Warrior series. I, I think that's yeah. you know we had talked about that. Which, yeah, that's great. Yeah, so got to meet somebody. Didn't do pictures, or I didn't want to bother him with any of that since he wasn't charging, especially. Uh, but I did want to meet him and just uh, let him know that I really enjoyed his work. Uh, so that that's pretty cool. But so celebrities is always neat. I always walk down there. Uh, they don't yeah. let you take pictures from afar because obviously they're charging for them. But it's so cool to see people uh, that you've seen in person there mm -hmm. in front of you. You know, we saw William Shatner was one of the other ones that was there, wasn't he? Yeah, I believe he was uh, on a break there, but he came back and his line filled up really quick. So. It did. Yeah, it did, though. And yeah. it's really it's a good, good income for, you know, yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of celebrities, especially if they're not working as much anymore and they get older and that sort of thing. So. Uh, very impressive. Uh, yeah. So overall, you know, if I were to ask you, how would you rank your experience on a scale of one to ten? Um, what, what was your thoughts, man? Like ten being, 
absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah. One being, I'm never going to do it again. Well, how'd you right feel about it, man? <laughs> I'd say uh, at least an eight or a nine. I mean, it was uh, really overwhelming, but I the big draw for me was the uh, positivity of the crowd and then the costumes. And then next year, I'm telling you, I'm going to find something next year. You will. Something now, besides a wallet. <laughs> now, there is an honorable mention. You had a family member who was there. I did. Who actually yeah, dressed so, up. Uh, so I'll throw that picture up. Give us the lead in here. Who is this character? Uh, this is my cousin, but he's playing uh, Bebop from the Mutant Ninja Turtle series. And he did a great job. So as you all are looking at his photo on uh, Spotify or YouTube, uh, the turtle shells uh, were uh, collected locally. He kind of found them... Uh, Deceased turtles, not that he went out and personally Killed got turtles. turtle. Turtle yeah. murder. So, and then uh, <laughs> the little, uh, I believe, hawk skull around his neck. So he custom made his uh, suit or his uh, costume, and he did a really good job of it. It was impressive. So, and, and he's an uber nerd, too. So You can't tell, but up close, those turtle shells on his shoulders were kind of shellac. They were, had a, they were glossy, like they had a finish mm-hmm. on them, and they looked really well done and he had them on his shoulders yeah. you know as a part of his uh uh armor i guess it was and it was it was very well he, done he did a good job yeah he really did it it was awesome so cool running into uh people like that that you know and yeah. that you're related to <laughs> so. yeah and that was a good way because we kind of saw him right at the end it was a good way to end the show uh see him and uh talk to him about his experience and what he liked he did no, call I me talk- out, though. I'm going to say that. He called me out on a flub, and, and he's yeah. right. Uh, I guess in the episode when I was talking about Wing Commander, I mixed up uh, the uh, the wording uh, on it, which he's right, because I went back and looked, and I knew where I got confused. The creator of Wing Commander was Chris Roberts. Well, the fictional character in the game is Christopher Blair, played by Mark Hamill, who was Luke Skywalker. Well, I kept mis- yeah. mixing up the, the Chris's. He called oh, me out. Oh, he'll hold man. you to it. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He was right, though. I went back and looked. Yeah. Man, I get talking too fast, and I just blaze right uh, through yeah. it. So. <laughs> but it was a good time, man. It was good to meet him. Yeah, and I talked to him uh, afterwards, a couple days after, and he said the amount of photos that he took with people was great. I mean, People just, stopping him, uh, asking just yeah. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. You see that a lot when you're there. And I think yeah. that's why a lot of people do it. You get it's positive attention. Uh, mm. People like your character or like the way that you're dressed, and they want a photo with you. Uh, and that's really cool. And I see, of course, in the photos there, I, there's even you and I. We're rocking our new uh, Wired Nerdy hey, t-shirt. Wired Nerdy shirt. And then, uh, <laughs> oh, out. look at that background! For those of you on audio yeah. only, uh, Doug has always had a very barren background. He had one. Something. It looks like one Bubba Fett photo for if you ever look at go all the way back to episode one, yeah. uh, kind of aroused him a little bit, man, there's nothing in your background. Uh, it's kind of boring. It, it is. However, he now has hanging in the background, a very large wired nerdy flag, man. And it looks, it looks awesome. It, well, I like it, it. Dresses it up, man. It's looking really good. Yes. I mean, we're going to give you a, we do a facelift, man. We're going to get you some really cool yep. lasers and LEDs behind you. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Me, I got a virtual screen because I'm in a closet. You don't want to see all my clothes. Uh, oh, so right, you right. get to stare at my green screen. You can pretend that this is my room. But we'll make we'll get Doug a room that looks like this one behind me. Sounds uh, good. By the time by the time we're done with it. So, all right, man. Well, when it comes to Comic Con, uh, hope to go again. Uh, we'll have Definitely. more pictures. We uh, really appreciate y'all listening to us walk down memory lane on this. It was a great time. Uh, it was kind of cold that day. Usually it's rainy and warm, but it was a little oh, a little chilly. Yeah. But uh, you know what? Good time. Nice people. A little overwhelming for poor Doug. 
Uh, but otherwise, yep. it was that's it good. Was really, really good. I appreciate you taking me. Uh, I've kind of opened uh, and and this podcast has helped a lot. I've opened myself to so many new things, not only with this podcast but with our friendship, and it's just been amazing. So, oh, dude, I appreciate that. One thing I love about doing this it was a it was a happy byproduct. I have always on my own my entire adult and dare I say teenage life and if you even go even younger to that comic book I've always kept up with things that I like if I find a novel I like if I find a movie I like and you know you talk about it with friends you share it a video game what's so cool about this podcast that I never had anticipated was we started I said hey you know what you and I think one night we were having dinner, we're like, this would just be so cool. And I have friends from St. Louis that we'll have on the podcast at some point. John and, and Justin is their names. And we had the same conversation you and I did, which is like, I love sharing stuff and learning yeah. about like, you'll say, hey, have you checked out this show? No, I haven't. You know, write it down. Uh, so that was kind of it. But what's really cool is now that we've connected with those that are listening in the audience, I have people uh, posting things, sending me stuff through work. We have some unbelievably awesome comments uh inside of the uh the youtube channel and yeah, and people definitely. sharing stuff like one one person had shared that uh, he had traveled and we we mentioned the uh super nintendo world that's coming to orlando as part of our nerd news this person had been he had been to japan and he noted that they had a mario kart right that was all i never knew that and so yeah that's I, really cool so it isn't just like we're sharing and learning from each other. We're learning from like this community that we're building. And I love it because I love learning new things, especially learning new things in our wheelhouse, that nerdy, geeky type yeah. thing. So I echo that exact same sentiment. And I think that's that's an awesome way to end this episode is to say thank you to yeah. not only you, Doug, but also to the, um, you know, the community that we're building there. And I'm having a great time Definitely. with it. So it's fun. So last yeah. words, brother, for episode um, eight. Yeah, just uh, I love uh, doing these shows. I uh, ask our audience and our fans and our family. Thanks, family, for listening. <laughs> uh, send us some uh, comments, questions, concerns. Let us know what you want us to cover. Yeah. Uh, we're having a blast. We're covering all kinds of topics and things, and it's uh, we're going to keep going strong. Yeah, and I know we miss stuff. So if there's anything you ever want to cover, I, I know it. Put it on the comments. Uh, just a reminder, we're on all yep. major platforms for audio. Uh, so I, if you have a favorite platform, I'm pretty sure we're on it. If you want to watch the video, YouTube, Spotify, please. It does help us in growing our numbers to click the like and subscribe. That sounds so cliched because you see it on every single video, but it really does yep. help get the message out there for our podcast. Um, we are standing strong at 50 some odd subscribers, I think across the board. And that good. is growing yeah. steadily. Uh, most of that's probably family. We know that. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, but we're having a good time. So uh, yeah. thank you very much. We have coming up, uh, I believe next month, another one of these events, but it's a little different in that we're not just attending. We're going to be helping. And it is our, uh, I believe it's our game con retro game con that's coming yeah. up, right? And uh, I have a photo from our last event that mm -hmm. uh, we can uh, put up on this uh, podcast for everybody yep. to see. But uh, we uh, help out a good friend of mine uh, has a, quite the spread. So yeah, he does. He does. We'll we'll talk a lot about that and show you guys what that's about. But it's 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 fun. It's really cool. So we'll do yep. another one of these topical videos where we cover really cool events and that sort of thing. And we're going to bring in more interviews. So we're lining those yep. up. So thank you everyone for spending your time with thank us. You. We hope you have an awesome week. And uh, we're signing off. See you guys later. Yep. See you.